Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> My name is Rita, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And your moderator for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic devices are turned off. Now, we remind you that this session is being taped. All speakers must sign the release form on the podium. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent the Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this session is as follows. We will have three speakers who will share for 20 minutes each, followed by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is sponsorship, sharing the treasure. The following is a reading from the pamphlet a guide to the 12 steps for you and your sponsor. Sponsorship is one of the vital keys to success in Overeaters Anonymous. The sponsor maintains recovery from compulsive overeating by sharing the 12-step program with others. The newcomer, in reaching out for help from a successful OA member, transcends the long-held idea that self-sufficiency must be maintained at all costs and acquires a state of humility so necessary for the practice of the 12 steps. The sponsor and the newcomer, some use the term baby, benefit equally from the, from the relationship. The best way to learn to be a sponsor is to have a sponsor. Methods of sponsorship vary from person to person. Some say the best way to be a sponsor is to be a friend. Some sponsors take a highly structured approach. Others are easygoing and flexible. As members mature on the program, their style of sponsorship usually changes. Our first, speak our first speaker I'd like to introduce Carolyn from Albany. Hi, Carolyn. Can you hear me? No. No. Okay. Is that mine? This is so exciting. Hi. You might what? That. Hi, I'm Carolyn, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Hello. So I found out I was going to give service and speak here yesterday. I was in my car. I had just finished work and um, was getting ready to go pick up my son. And so um, this is truly 
up to higher power, and I'm really, really grateful for this opportunity to talk about um, sponsorship. I think um, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about it, you know, other than, you know, it's one of our tools and it's our 12-step and all of this other stuff is that um, my sponsor saved my life. You know, they gave me my life back. So, um, and I, I really appreciate the foundation that that, that, that gave me. Um, the next thing I wanted to do was consult literature. <laughs> um, and just to qualify, I have been in OA for six years. And I'm originally, I grew up in L.A., but I, I came to program when I was living in New York and I was there for almost three years, and then I moved. And I have, um, I went through what I call, and I came in on my knees, it's a long timer, described it once, and was struck abstinent and worked the steps and um, have a really strong foundation. And then um, I moved, and I, I'm getting over a cold too, sorry. Um, that. Sure. And... Um, and then I moved across the country and um, went through what I call my year of wonky relapse. <clears throat> and um, I'm three years um, abstinent out of that relapse. I'm really, really grateful that I didn't leave and that I um, got so much when I first came in that I knew no matter how I didn't want to be here. I knew I needed to be here and that there was nowhere else for me to go. So, um, so I'm trying to um, practice humility, and I really am just about the literature. You know, like that's where I go to or I go to meetings or I go to all of that. So, um, so sponsoring, and I was thinking how um, I, in working the steps, I have... Um, my life has changed, right? It just completely changed, and I have a life now that's so much bigger than what it was before. Um, and I had this willingness to do what sponsors suggested, right? Um, and part of me just wants to say, okay, you know what, sponsorship, get one. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> Be one. But but there's so much more to it, you know. I mean, so it was about. I mean, we say we came for the vanity and we stay for the sanity, you know. And um, my um, my, I've I'm maintaining a weight loss of 40 pounds over about five years, and I my top weight was 200 pounds. I was pregnant. Um, at that time, and so um, that's sort of an excuse, but I have to tell you that I couldn't wait when I was a kid, and I would think about, uh, you know, that someday I would be pregnant. What I looked forward to was not holding that baby or taking care of it. It was that I could eat whatever I wanted, and I didn't care how fat I got, right? So so I got to live that that dream. It was before program, so. Um, so um, I forgot where I was going with that, but... Um, but with the sponsorship, it's been such a great, um, well, it's this willingness, right, to do what was suggested, right? And I did come in with a certain amount of, okay, I just want to be healthy. I just want to stop eating like this, right? I just want to 
you know, be, be sane. So I, so I came in knowing I was insane. I was a little bit, you know, a little ahead of the game, okay? I knew I was insane. I knew that I was crazy. I knew that you all were crazier than me <laughs> at the same time. But I, I just came in and I remember going to this first, you know, meeting and just raising my hand and sharing and crying. And, and someone said there, you know, go, um, just keep going to meetings and um, listen to what people are saying. Listen to how they share and find someone who has what you want and do what they did and, and just ask someone. And uh, for whatever reason, I had the willingness to keep showing up and, um, and I just, I don't know how. I don't know how it happened, but I was willing to call my sponsor. I had, and then there was this whole thing of like, can you be my sponsor? No, it's a temporary sponsor. Well, let me check with my sponsor and I've got it, you know, and, and, you know, some of you may have also experienced this where you're, it's, it's an odd, you know, position. You need to ask someone, you need to want it. You need to need it. You need to, you know, have that, that pain and that desperation to know, at least that's what I needed to do. So there was someone who could maybe temporarily sponsor me, but n no, you know. And um, and then I ended up with a, a food a temporary food sponsor, and um, and then I ended up with a step sponsor. So I had a daily call, and then I had someone that I turned over my step work to. And this is just my experience. This is um, just my experience, strength, and hope. So. Um, I learned so much from that, from being able to hear what someone asked me. Someone asked me, um, well, let me think about the steps, right? So step one, I had to be honest. I got honest. Step two, someone asked me, do you believe in a power greater than yourself? Um, I was able to answer that you know, question. I was given a, a higher power. Um, step three, I sat in a cafe and held hands with someone and said the step three prayer. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, really, you know, looking back on it. I had a sense of what I was doing. Um, I was really self-conscious, like, oh, my God, I'm in a public place, and I'm closing my eyes and saying a prayer. And, um, and all of that was through this relationship with, with a sponsor. So um, my sponsor um, was – she – she didn't, she didn't want me to sponsor right away, right? We say we have different recommendations and suggestions about when to sponsor. But after I had 30 days of abstinence, she said, you can raise your hand when someone's looking for a, for a food sponsor, and you can start with someone there. And so it's the giving it away, right? Working through the steps is really, you know, wonderful. And at the end of the day, I'm just a self-centered addict, so I'm happy to write about myself all day long, you know, and just have this program be all about me. Um, but I really did have this spiritual awakening in 11 and 12, recognizing that the truth is I'm being given, and even the step three prayer, right? I'm given this recovery so that I can help others, so that I can show up for my family, for my job, for all of you. Um, you know, this is, this is and, and I also got out of it this relief. You know, that's, that's relief and freedom. What to me was always what are you talking about? You know, I, I, I'm not going to be selfless. I'm not going to be blah, 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 you know, whatever the argument was. Um, oh, my God, what a relief, you know. If I can, if this means that I get to stay abstinent and that's a miracle that keeps me coming back, you know, then, 
then by all means let it be about you know giving service and so um, and one of my sponsors would always say you know I need to give away what has been so freely given to me you know and um, and I've had you know my sponsor knows things about me that no one else knows you know has witnessed my pain and my ups and downs um, and um, having someone, you know, some of us do a daily call to have someone who's willing to pick up the phone day after day after day after day after day after day, you know, or three calls a day, you know, five calls a day on those really hard days. Um, and so, of course, as I'm working the steps, I'm feeling my feelings, <laughs> feeling my defects. And, um, and so... I was scared to sponsor other people. You know, it's it's scary to me because one of the primary reasons why I'm here is because I don't know how to do life. I don't know how to have relationships. You know, that's why I ate. That's why I would just eat over my feelings or be food obsessed. And this is a family disease for me. So I knew what was on the other side of it. And um, and so if I had to, to if I have to put that down, then the insecurities come up and. Um, and yet, all I need to do is show up, right? I mean, all I need to do is show up and suit up and answer the phone or reach out. And I've had um, lots of sponsees over the last five years or six years. Um, and it's not been quite the same um, road. I ha you know, I mean, I, one thing that I love about OA is that it isn't, you know, I mean, we have 12 steps. And it's not, and these are the 12 actions you take, you know, and it's just like that, black and white, you know. There really are so many paths to recovery, right, because we're all coming in um, with our own stuff, you know, and our own story. So um, it's been really great to, to be able to just say, you know what, it's, I, I just need to show up for other people and, um, and try and, and try and give back and, and, and be a witness. And the journey, like I said, is not, the journeys that I've been witnessing are not the way that I, are not exactly the way that I've done it. I did the steps the first time around the big book way. Um, I'm doing it the workbook way. I'm on step nine. And, um, and all I know is that I can't do this alone, right? This is a we program. If I could take that OA workbook and just write you know, and those answers and talk to myself. And if I could have, ha I was raised in a, you know, in a, in, in, um, in a religion, in an organized religion, if I could have had a relationship with higher power there that got me to stop eating and, you know, trying to hurt myself with food, you know, then I would have, I wouldn't be here, you know? And, um, and yet what I get when I come here is so much more, right? And it's just like being able to sponsor and be there for someone. And um, there's been um, suggestions that um, that I was given that I, I wasn't um, given, was given the suggestion of 30 meetings in 30 days or 90 meetings in 90 days when starting out. And for whatever reason, whatever configuration of my life, it, it didn't happen. And then I was in relapse and you know, I moved, and it was just too hard to keep my sponsors on the East Coast, you know, with the time difference and everything else. And then I would, ask, I would get a temporary sponsor. I would get a regular, um, you know, a permanent, whatever, temporary permanent sponsor, daily sponsor. And, um, and I would um, be able to, to show up. And then 
there, for whatever reason, during this wonky transition time, um, it didn't stick in the same way as those first few years where, and I, and I was going to meetings where, I mean, I know there, there might even be people in the room today, you know, they had, you know, 23 years in program, 23-year relationship with their sponsor. They called them every day, you know, and that was a regular, um, regular, you know, contact. And for whatever reason, that wasn't my experience. So here I am, and, and what I knew is that I need a sponsor, because that's what my other sponsor told me, is that you, I, you know, everyone needs a sponsor. You know, your grand sponsor should have a sponsor. Um, you need to have a sponsor, and so that's the way that we keep this um, going. So I, um, I'm going to take a sip of water because my throat's getting dry. <laughs> So, I think that my expectations, and this is another thing that I've learned in program, is keeping expectations realistic or low, right? Um, having, sponsoring someone else, it made, it made it hard for me to be able to show up for someone else. Um, I was having, I would have a hard time feeling like I could be there every day for someone because of what was going on in, in my own, in my own life, right? Because I was in this wonky area and, um, and yet I could get myself to meetings and I got myself to, I had to call a fellow who was going to have a meeting on a holiday at her home and we were having a conversation and she said, um, you know, I've heard people talk about doing 30 meetings in 30 days. And I just suddenly felt hope and a lightness. And I thought, you know, I need to do that. I mean, there's a, there's a, a daily, and some of us, you know, we don't have daily meetings. I live near a, daily, a 7 a.m. daily meeting. And even though I was working, I thought, I can, I can do this. And um, by day 17, I had a sponsor again. I was working the steps again and I was back to okay now this is you know it really is just a program and it's one day at a time right so it's just for the next 24 hours you know what can I do um, and so um, before I moved I had sponsors who uh, sponsees thank you who um, you know t uh, taking someone through the fourth and fifth step is such a gift and you know reasoning out what someone um, needs to do for amends you know I mean I had to learn because I thought I was responsible for everything I had to make you know amends and my sponsor that's a one step nine right they say one one step that's so important not to do on your own and um, and I um, In all of it, what I've had to do is just remind myself that it's my higher power that's in charge here. That's who I'm. That's who I'm serving, and um, and going through and reasoning out amends or being able to laugh after hearing someone's, um, you know, about someone's painful experience. I was able to um, let go of longtime um, resentments and then to be able to see someone else go through that same transformation. 
um, has been such a gift. And someone in their first, you know, 30 days, um, someone right now is doing 30 meetings in 30 days, and to hear the same, the same um, language of, oh, my God, I'm getting my life back, right? And that you can see that this really does work when we work it, right? And that, that sponsorship is an opportunity to witness that. And, you know, I want to get up here and say, you know, I'm giving service because I need to. I'm giving service because I want to stay abstinent. I'm giving service because I have received so much love and and understanding from this fellowship that I want to give it back. Um, And and with sponsoring, it's something that, to me, you know, there's some other tools um, that can be fluid, right, that we might work, you know, sometimes I'm writing every day, other times I'm writing once a week. Um, but sponsorship to me is, again, wrapped up with the 12-step um, of we have to, you know, the big book talks about it as well, that we have to work with others and if we want to keep what we have. Um, and so that, to me, it's um, it's not just a tool, you know. I mean, it's more than a tool. It's another principle of this program. And it gets me through, um, you know, in step 12, it's practice this principle in all our affairs. Uh, And I just hope that I'm able to keep um, showing up in this way. And um, what else do I want to say? So it talks about however many of us choose to work with one sponsor. In either case, it's helpful to avoid changing sponsors frequently. <laughs> so because this is a program of honesty, it is probably important that we stay accountable. That's the other thing, too, about be, having a sponsor is being able to be accountable to someone because we need to show up and get honest. And, um, and I have been able to, um, to be that accountability for others as well um, and I don't really know exactly how it works or why it works. I just know that if I keep showing up and keep, thank you, um, if I keep showing up and I keep, um, you know, trying to work my program and trying to witness um, others who are working their program, um, that our fellowship gets to to grow and and stay strong. Um, It's really, to me, about this... um, our recovery, which is physical, emotional, and spiritual. And at the end of the day, it's really um, a, it's about this, the spiritual growth that we get to share with one another. So, thank you. Our second speaker is Peggy from San Francisco. Peggy from San Francisco. Hi, I'm Peggy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. There's tissues up here, which is awesome because I'm, I'm a crier. Enjoy. Okay. Um, so, also, I just I I want to uh, share my experience with the solution and and um, 
and with being sponsored and having sponsees. But I also really want to tell on myself. And, uh, and that is, I thought about coming to this convention. And what got me here was my ego because somebody asked me to share on sponsorship. And that's just, that's okay, you know, because God removes my defects of character where they stand in the way of my service. So hopefully this is of service to somebody. Um, So I want to say that I am ironically maybe now very nervous because that's what happens when I'm in my ego. So um, I'm going to just look at my notes right away. So, so yeah, I'm going to start with, um, I came into the rooms in December 07, at the age of 42, and I had been binging in earnest to some degree or another from the age of 13, okay? I came out of the shoot, a compulsive overeater, and, um... And and was just hugely preoccupied with food, and I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stop eating. I wanted to stop eating, and I couldn't stop eating. And my ultimate solution to any problem was either controlling what my body looked like or eating something. Uh, any form of discomfort, which would include elation, you know. So that's experience I bring into the rooms of what it was like um, both before I got to OA and during my time in OA for for quite a while. Um, My first meeting, I don't remember exactly how I got my first sponsor, but um, because I was crazy in the food, and it was um, back in 07, but uh, it was the first or second meeting I was at. She was the speaker. My top weight, by the way, was about 210. I imagine I'm around 60 pounds less than that, but I don't know because I don't weigh myself today. Um, And I've also been at this height about 115 pounds. So um, I have a lot of different parts of this disease. Um, So my first sponsor, I approached her after she spoke at a meeting um, because she spoke at a meeting. And she had lost over 100 pounds, um, um, neither which were things that I wanted, but I thought they meant success in a way. I don't know if that makes any sense. So um, so I, con- I continued to binge for two years um, with that sponsor um, and work the steps as she was taken through the steps. Um, largely working the OA 12 and 12, not getting into the big book at all. Um, That sponsor has, as far as I know, left the rooms. Um, I got, so what I want to say next is, um, I have never had what I consider a successful sponsorship relationship with a sponsor or sponsees. by waiting for someone to raise their hand and say they're available to sponsor, or by approaching someone and saying, I'd be happy to sponsor you, both of which things I've done, you know. Um, My successful sponsorship relationships have come when I have 
chased after the person who has what I wanted, who really wasn't available, and finally broke down and sponsored me because I really, really wanted what they had, and I was willing to do whatever they wanted me to do to get what they had, and were pretty specific about how many meetings they went to a week, and I can't really spend my time sponsoring you if that's not what you're willing to do, and I'm looking for a commitment to abstinence, not your ability to be abstinent, which, by the way, I don't have that ability. I've been abstinent now for three years, and um, I'm very grateful for that, and I've heard people say abstinence is hard. For me, it's impossible. I can't do that. I'm a compulsive overeater, and if you ask me how to spell, I heard this in a share once, Maine, I will say F-O-O-D. Um, I'm from Maine, by the way. So, um, so, so the way I've had the most successful sponsee relationships, are it's the same, you know, um, I have been approached and have said no, and and the ones that are willing to do what I ask them to do are the ones that I have a sponsorship relationship with. And um, I have had to learn that it is not my sponsor's job to fix me or to make me stop eating compulsively or to fix my character defects. It's my, my job to as best I can utilize my sponsor, and this sounds a little weird and impersonal, as a tool, which often means, well, it helps to call her, him, depending on who it is. Um, contacting this person is very helpful. And saying very honestly what I'm doing with food, for me, is vital to my recovery, not hiding anything about my eating behavior or what I'm eating and committing food. But the other thing that's really vital to my recovery is closing my mouth and listening to what they have to say, what he or she has to say, and to, um, and I get to hear that they know what I'm talking about because they fished pizza out of halfway down the garbage can or, um, you know, or sometimes I'll just go on and on and on about whatever it is, and they'll just say, oh, I have no idea what that's like, you know, ha, ha, ha. You know, they, they know what I'm talking about because they've experienced it, you know. Um, and here is what I was told by my sponsor to do, and this is what worked. And um, so... I think I want to keep talking about how I've been sponsored. So I was a couple of years, maybe a year and a half abstinent. And my um, father was diagnosed with a form of cancer that I, just the way I've been sponsored, um, well, I think it's, it's, it's just right out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I have a very strong connection with my higher power. What do I believe in is my higher power? I cannot tell you. I don't care. Does it really exist? I don't care. I have a strong relationship. What I'm concerned with and what I've been taught by my sponsors is the important thing about my higher power is what my higher power can do for me. 
And I talk with my higher power a lot and listen with my higher power a lot. Anyway, my dad called and told me um, he had a certain kind of cancer. And he did not say I'm terminally ill or anything, but I just got a hit that he was going to die from this cancer. And um, I had coffee with a friend who had experience with, a friend in program who had experience with uh, a father being ill and walking with him through that and his father dying. And um, I said, well, I don't know that my dad's dying. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, you do. Like he could tell that I did, you know. And I asked him to sponsor me. And um, I was working six and seven at the time. And he, I spent a lot of time away from um, what at that time I considered my program, San Francisco, my friends in San Francisco. Um, and I was spending a lot of time on what I considered the scene of the crime, <laughs> um, where I grew up, um, with the people around whom I had really honed my character defects, you know, to survive, you know. And I had a very contentious relationship with my stepmother the whole time she and my dad were together. And um, I, I, my dad was not an affectionate person. My dad didn't have a program. My dad was a very angry person. Um, I think, you know, whatever, legitimately so. Um, this program and walking with my sponsor through this program and working my steps and taking the time to go to meetings really healed these two vital relationships in my life where I was given this amazing gift. Thank you. Um, you know, of a man who was incapable of showing affection, you know, um, barely able to move and reaching up and you know, touching my cheek and saying, I love you. And uh, and just developing this love for this woman. I can't even imagine ever having love, you know, praying for her a lot and just having so much compassion and love for her. So that is a gift that this sponsor opened me up to for from this pro. He taught me how to work the steps around that. That, for me, at this stage in my life, is the biggest gift besides not having to pick up food um, that I've gotten from this program. But um, so I want to talk a little bit. So he needed to stop sponsoring me because he just logistically and work-wise work needed to have less sponsees, which lo and behold, you know, I started asking lots of different people who had what I wanted if they could sponsor me and had great conversations and was told this is a great honor, no, can't, don't have time, until I got to the one who said to me, how can I best be of service to you? You know, and we talk to each other every day. We have a phone date every day. And um, I think we both get a lot out of the relationship. So I want to talk about my sponsees, um, not about them per se, but um, – what the great joy in my life is. So my very best friend in the world asked me two days ago, we were walking around in Golden Gate Park in the Redwood Grove, and she was talking about what she wanted in life. And she asked me what, oh, here we go. What is it, you know, what do you want out of life at this point? And I said, you know, I want 
to extend the heart and hand of OA to those who still suffer from this compulsion because I've been given so much, you know, from this program and from my higher power. And it's really my greatest joy in this life, you know. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of how I sponsor. Um, I don't insist on abstinence because, as I've already said, uh, if I could stop eating, um, I would, (laughs) you know, without a program. That's just me. I know different people work differently, but all I have is my own experience. Um, here's what I need from a sponsee, uh, what I ask from a sponsee, if we're going to work together, sponsees, that you go to, because this is what's worked for me, uh, a bare minimum of three meetings a week. And if you are uh, coming out, because people come to me already abstinent or not abstinent, uh, coming out of relapse four, four meetings a week. It's kind of individualized. the specifics of how I sponsor, but I ask for a minimum of three, recommend four, um, that you are open-minded, honest as you can possibly be, and I completely understand that that is a process. Becoming honest is a process, because it was for me, that's for sure. And, um, And willingness, I'm sure you've heard these three words before. Willingness to try. Um, because there's there's many times in the big book where it, it, it talks about, you know, the principle is making the effort, you know, seeking the spiritual path, um, came to believe, not, you know, poof, having it. Um, so I look for a commitment to uh, the primary purpose, you know, when I have someone with, I heard recently with their teeth, if I have a sponsee whose teeth are showing, I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, where they're working on something in their program and I'm making a suggestion, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, there's really not much I can do at that point, you know, any more than my sponsor could do with me at that point other than to say, okay. I'm hearing that you're pretty dug in right now, you know. Um, And when you're willing to take direction, come on back. You know, it's it's okay. Um, But uh, I kind of forget where I was going with that. Sorry, guys. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to switch gears and say that... um, Oh, I know where I was going. I was talking about ways I sponsor. So for me, a big key in my success from my primary purpose, which is to stop eating compulsively, call it whatever you want, um, is rooting out the shame. Because, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about resentment being the reason that they eat. My, For me, my real base, base uh, when I really drill down into what's going on, you know, it's shame. I came into this room with unbelievable amounts of shame. These rooms, not this room. Um, shame. And for me, one way I um, experience my higher power is just a beautiful, big, bright, loving light, healing light 
So for me, what I encourage my sponsees to do the way I've been encouraged to do is to just shine that light on whatever that shame is. I'm ashamed of, I don't want to tell you this, I'm ashamed of, okay, when you're ready, we're going to shine the light on it, and it's going to become right-sized and what it actually is, you know, and it's not going to be so scary anymore. And that, that works really well for me, you know, and the people that I sponsor. Um, just Let's just talk about it. Just because we're talking about it doesn't mean we have to change anything, you know, but you know, where's God, where's the bright light, and what step or steps are we going to work around it? The other thing I want to say about um, the way I sponsor is um, I don't plow through the steps. I know that that some people are, have the quick and dirty approach. You work the steps, which is totally cool, whatever works, you know, but I only know what's worked for me. And that is, for me, being abstinent, not... I can't get abstinent by myself. So what I need to do, one, two, three, um, and so the way I sponsor one, two, three, is really getting, you know, I am bodily, mentally bodily different from other people, right? I have a disease. It's a disease. It's a big part of the shame, right? It's a disease. You know, I did. I ate this. So this is what I hear. I either hear, I ate this and I'm fine with it. Oh, are you? That's good. Because um, what I'm hearing, well, I was talking to my friend in the car about this, because um, what I'm hearing is, I ate this and I don't want to talk about it. So it's not open to discussion. So what I'm hearing is actually, and I know from my own experience, when I say I ate this and I'm fine with it, is actually that I'm ashamed of it and I'm dug in about it. And... Um, if I talk about it, nothing bad is really going to happen. In fact, it might just be exactly what I need to do to be alleviated of the need to eat whatever that is or to engage in whatever character defect it, you know, it is. Um, boy, this is disjointed. So, um, yep, going back to the paper, reading out shame, shining the light. Um, oh, I know. What's abstinence? Yeah. I had somebody say to me recently, oh, and I'm beating myself up because my abstinence isn't perfect. And I said, oh, really? Because mine's black and white. My food's not, my food is not black and white. My food varies, you know, but I don't eat after dinner. That's my abstinence. You know, there are many other things that I've been freed of where food is concerned but my abstinence is defined as I don't get on a scale and I don't eat after dinner, period, ever. Thank you. Um, so let's see what's your abstinence. Oh, I don't eat sugar in the first five ingredients. Uh-huh. So have you done that today? No. I think that you're abstinent. So I guess maybe uh, we can just stop hitting ourselves over the head with the word abstinence and just maybe, you know, reach out for a little recovery and appreciate where, oh, and one more thing and then I'm done. I heard someone say the only comparison that's useful to me in any way in a 12-step room is comparing myself with where I've come from. You know, that's it. Um, sorry, so just join in and thanks for letting me share. Our third speaker, our our third speaker is Larry from Sacramento.
<clears throat> My name's Larry, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Hey, Larry. Everybody. The uh, intergroup, Sacramento intergroup, has done an amazing job, and uh, this has been one of the, <clears throat> the funnest conferences I've ever been to. Um, just need to connect with everybody. I'm, I'm really emotional today. I uh, feel pretty raw. Uh, last uh, Saturday at this time, my wife and I were finishing up hiking uh, the Camino Trail in Spain, which is uh, one of the four great pilgrimages. And uh, some of you met her out there. She's a, she's a real uh, ray of sunlight. Her name's Maria. I'm, I'm a deputy, but she's a sheriff, so uh, maybe you come across her. And uh, what happened out there is I had, an, I had a, a spiritual experience. I didn't go there. I didn't have a crisis. I didn't have a loss in my life. I didn't have any drama. Uh, but I definitely had a spiritual experience. And... Um, also, what I discovered uh, traveling to Spain is that it's a, it, they speak Spanish there. English is a second language, and they're very, very proud of their, uh, of their language. And so I had to become almost like a child, uh, accepting all of this help along the way, all these thousands of little favors to make this trip very successful. And uh, I fell in love with the Spanish people. So um, I really I opened my heart up. And I'm feeling very vulnerable today, uh, which is a good segue into sponsorship. <clears throat> I, uh, gonna, I broke, I'm breaking my talk down today, my pitch and sponsorship. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about where sponsorship comes from because I'm, I'm curious about the concept of sponsorship. And I'm going to talk about my experience, strength, and hope. Uh, I study the big book of Alcox Anonymous. In fact, on the, uh, on the way to St. James Trail, um, we were celebrating my wife's 27th year in AA, uh, or 8th year anniversary, and my, 13, my 12 years in OA. <laughs> so we had, we, had a lot to, we had a lot to celebrate. And uh, in August, by the grace of God, I'll have 31 years in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm going to talk about Alcoholics Anonymous and OA because without AA, I would not be in OA, and without OA, I'd probably be drinking. Um, but I study the big book. I got the third edition. And I, could, I can't find anywhere in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, the word sponsor or sponsorship. So I decided to do a little research on that, and I, my wife and I have this great 12-step library. And so I, I, read, uh, I looked it up in this book called The Language of the Heart. And uh, lo and behold, um, the word sponsorship, <clears throat> the concept was developed after May 1947. And uh, the pioneers of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, before sponsorship, called it 12-stepping, right? In fact, uh, our founder, Bill W., was 12-stepped by Roland Hazard. Um, and then we know the story about Bill W., if you read the, the big book. The, you know, it's really good stuff if you haven't read it. But uh, in <clears throat> the st Bill story, he talks about you know, going to Akron, Ohio. His trip went upside down. He was faced with the alcoholic dilemma, either drink or give, you know, give the sobriety away. So he uh, met Bob, uh, Dr. Bob. That's how, um, that's how that began. <clears throat> but here's what um, the language of the heart says about sponsorship. I thought this was really, really interesting because it really ties into my, my experience, strength, and hope. Um, and this is on page 52. AA groups are adopting the idea of sponsorship. Each newcomer is assigned a reasonably stable AA member. <laughs> uh, 
uh, whose ward he, uh, ward, uh, he becomes during his brief period of introduction to our way of life. The sponsor helps him make hospital arrangements, takes his man there, visits him frequently, and sees that he is visited by other AAs whose experience might be especially helpful. Hence, his prospect, so handled, has received a powerful shot of AA. Um, I think that, to me, it segues into my experience, strength, and hope of sponsorship. Um, We've talked a lot about it up here today, a lot of the mechanics of it. Uh, To me, sponsorship is the language of the heart. Okay? Uh, Many of us here have been beaten up. Uh, We have been told that there's something wrong with us. Uh, If only we could eat moderately. Um, You know, what... I I played uh, sports and I played baseball and would come back in the spring and they would... the, The guys on the team would say, what field have you been grazing in? Okay? Um... We don't do that in here. I don't do that in here. My sponsors haven't done that to me. Uh, so sponsorship is one compulsive eater sitting with another compulsive eater sharing from the heart. I love what you said. Uh, you said you, your goal is to extend the heart and hand to those who still suffer. You know? <clears throat> and I suffered before I came to the doors of Overeaters Anonymous. <clears throat> so what is, my <clears throat> what is my experience, strength, and hope on sponsorship? Um, let me share with you um, kind of my journey in this area. Um, my very first day was August 2nd in Alcoholics Anonymous, 1981, and the very first day, in AA, they just, they assign you right away. You know, they don't mess around. Uh, they get you in service. Uh, they give you sponsors. My sponsor was dragging me to, um, you know, to uh, panel discussions, 12, 12 p.m., 12 a.m., candlelight, and probably within 30 days I was sponsoring. Very dangerous. Um, <clears throat> so I had, um, I have never been without a sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous for 31 years. I've had three different sponsors. One of them died. Um, I came to OA in 1989. Um, I've been, I've relapsed four of those 24 years, and out of the 20 years, I've had a sponsor for 16. Now, if you look around the room in here, uh, OA is predominantly women. And uh, I came from a program that says men sponsor men and women sponsor women. And so when my sponsor um, and I parted ways in, ni- in 2008, that was the longest period of time I've been without a sponsor. And I've got to tell you, uh, it was like the wilderness for me out there. And I tried. And uh, I could not find somebody who had, you know, more, more absence I had, who worked the steps, who was active, who was a demonstration of this program. So Rosalie, who sits in the back there, who was one of the people standing after 30 years, uh, said, Larry, why don't you pray about it? Because whatever I was doing wasn't working. And so I prayed about it, and uh, <clears throat> I was reunited with my first sponsor, who we worked together, and she's got a, a, a big book, AA-based 12-step program. And um, um, I just love her. 
She's in her 60s. Uh, my wife signed off on it because I, this is my second marriage. I don't want to create any suspicion. <clears throat> and uh, we started working since last July. And I can tell you I've got the best um, sobriety absence I've had in, in four years. But going back um, to the er- early years in AA, um, I'll share with you a couple things that uh, I, I think, for me, really epitomizes the, um, the two drunks, the two compulsive eaters sitting down face-to-face and sharing this language of the heart. Um, <clears throat> my sponsor, the late, great Tom Fish, um, I was working with him. He was really the first man I ever trusted. And uh, I was married. I was in the program for about seven years, seven-year sobriety. And I, I was facing my first big challenge, uh, whether to drink or to stay sober. Um, my, my wife and I uh, did premarital counseling. And we had um, agreed that we were going to have two children. And I had a daughter who was six months when I got sober, and I had a son who never saw me drink. And uh, she was a nurse. She came home one night after uh, and I would wait up for her on the midnight shift. She'd come home around midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And she sat me down, and she says, Larry, I'm pregnant. And um, I said, how can that be because you have been on birth control? And she said, I stopped taking birth control about two years ago. Now, today I can see her point, but at that point uh, I felt betrayed because my family lied to me growing up. That was part of, of, my, of my story. Um, I called Tom at 1 o'clock in the morning <clears throat> and said, you know what, I'm going to drink if I don't see you. And this is what he said to me. He said, I'm putting the coffee on. You drive and don't stop. And that's what I did. I got to his house, and from 1 to 4 o'clock in the morning, I, uh, I, was, I vented, I was angry. And at the end, he listened, and he said, you know, Larry, you've got two choices here. One choice, <clears throat> um, you can divorce, and no one is going to fault you. Um, the other choice is that you can embrace this pregnancy, you can forgive your wife, and you can become the best father that you can become. He says, now, you're in no state of mind to make a decision tonight. You go home, you go to bed, you call your employer tomorrow and tell him you're not coming into 1 o'clock. You go to, uh, to uh, this great park we got in Sacramento. It's called McKinley Park. You take the big book, the 11th step, and you ask God to speak to you clearly and simply. And then you do what's in your heart. And I follow those instructions, okay? Because I, I didn't want to drink. And I didn't know what to do. And so uh, God said, listen, you know, you forgive your wife. You embrace that pregnancy. And you become the best father you can become. And that's what I did. That was sponsorship. Because what I wanted to do was drink. I wanted to get divorced. I wanted to walk away from that marriage. And I wanted nothing to do with that baby. And i got to tell you, um, those of you who are parents in here uh, understand this because that was, that's one of the greatest bonds I have is with that daughter. And she has just given me the greatest gift. Um, she's been out there creating her own alcoholic story. And she's got 60 days. <sighs> she said, Dad, in the first week, she said, I don't understand you people. 
<laughs> you come in here, your, our lives are in, in shambles, um, nothing's working, and you're laughing your asses off. <laughs> and I said, we have a lot of fun in here. And in just last week, she said, you know, I'm having more fun than I had in the last 60 days. Um, <clears throat> moving forward, I was in the wilderness for four years. I felt betrayed by OA. I was angry at OA. I felt on the outside of OA. Because um, I, I do well as a sponsor. And um, I started to uh, have these, what I call, slips, okay? Without being accountable, um, I was dangerously eating. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a gutter eater, okay? I was, what I was slipping on was Hostess Donuts, okay? There's no food value in Hostess Donuts. <laughs> Uh, if, there, if you wanted to put an item in a time capsule, put Hostess Donuts in 100 years, it still would be fresh. <laughs> All right? And so uh, it was getting scary because I've relapsed before in this program, and I, I was on my knees, and I prayed to God. I said, if you bring me back, I'll never leave again. But food's powerful, and we can't do it alone. And so uh, Phil, who was at this conference, went to... A conference in LA last summer in July. He says, "Guess what? I ran into your old sponsor, and she wants you to give her a call." <laughs> <clears throat> so we started working together last July, and she's uh, she's in the New Mexico Fellowship, and they have uh, they did a twelve step uh, writing group, and they base those twelve steps they base the twelve steps and, and the questions on the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's some powerful stuff in that big book. If you haven't read it, it really is interesting. Um, And so I've been going through those steps. And she said, um, you know, recently, about about three or four months ago, I called again. I had the donuts, and I said I I had another slip. And she said, Larry, um, that's not a slip. That's a break in abstinence. She said, what would, you, what would happen if you went to your home group in AA and said, you know, I was going down the aisle of Costco and I sampled a margarita? <laughs> you know, that would be a relapse. And uh, that was like a cosmic two-by-four across the head. I mean, I had no defense against that. And so uh, donuts are no longer part of my uh, plan of eating, you know. Um, I think sponsorship is the greatest one of the greatest blessings we have in this program. Uh, it, it is truly, truly uh, a, a great journey that I really strongly, strongly, if you don't have a sponsor, to get one. And I want to finish by talking about what a, the difference between a good sponsor and a great sponsor. There's a lot of good sponsors out there. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of good sponsors that will take your phone calls. <clears throat> They'll take you to the steps. Uh, they'll listen to you. Um, they are kind. Um, there are a lot of good sponsors. And when people come up to me and say, well, you know, how do you go about getting a sponsor? One of the things I tell them is, like, you know, this is how I would go about doing it. And make sure this person that you are about to ask is the greatest sponsor in the world. Because if you don't have the greatest sponsor in the world, then go out and find one. And it's not about the person that you're working with or is working with you, it's just maybe you've got a different style. And if, the, if, it's, not, if it's not there, you know, go out and find the person that uh, would be the greatest sponsor in the world. 
a great sponsor. And to me, this is my, this is Larry, as Larry sees it. This is not official OA. A great sponsor sees the greatness in you when you can't see the greatness yourself. A great sponsor loves you or loves me when I am unlovable. A great sponsor holds you up when you can't hold yourself up. A great sponsor walks behind you and guides and directs you. A great sponsor <laughs> joins you arm to arm on the road to recovery. A great sponsor will walk in front of you and blaze the trail, but a great sponsor will not do it for you. And that's what I have today. And uh, it's the greatest gift. I can't do this program by myself. I've tried, you know. The family disease is just too much for me. But with another person that is Sobern's program, together with the steps, you know, there's a saying, there's a proverb that says that uh, behind every shadow is light, you know. And I see this as, I see this disease as evil. You know, if there's evil in the world, it's compulsive eating or addiction. But the light will always shine and the darkness will go away. That's the way I see this, this disease. And together with my sponsor, <clears throat> I have a chance. Now, I sponsor four or five people in the program, and uh, I've changed a lot over the years. Uh, I do not know what's right for you. Uh, I have no agenda if you ask me to be your sponsor. I feel like my role is to take you through the steps. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do because on most days I don't even know what's right for me. Um, I'm there to love you. And I have an obligation to do that because I have been loved by so many people in this program. I have an obligation to be tolerant and loving. <clears throat> I used to use the steps to beat myself up. And today I, I use the steps to lift myself up, and that's the approach I take with the people I work with. We have suffered enough abuse in our lifetimes. I'm taking myself off the spit today, and I'm learning how to become my own best friend. I think that's late-stage recovery. We begin to learn how to take impeccable care of ourselves. And that's, that's my experience, strength, and hope that I take into sponsoring. And I've had, uh, and we, I'm married to a woman in this program, Maria. I told you about her. I, I, we love each other desperately. And uh, it's my second marriage. And, uh, you know, I, she's the sheriff. I'm the deputy. You know, I'm learning, thank you, I'm learning that uh, the one way to have a successful relationship with my, my, uh, my beloved wife is to defer to her. Now, I'm not deferring to her out of weakness. I'm deferring her out of love because... Um, I have been divorced. You know, this scar tissue up here you see is from that divorce. I don't want to go through that again. And I get everything I need. But it, those of you uh, who are considering dating or considering getting in a relationship with another addict in the program, I warn you because not only, are you, not only do you have your own sponsor, but you have your wife or your husband or your boyfriend-girlfriend sponsor. <laughs> okay? So I have... She's in three programs. I'm in three programs. I have three sponsors. And, you know, her sponsors are also, you know, uh, mine as well. Um, 
I, I just don't have any more wiggle room these days to, uh, you know, to get, a, get away with anything. Um, both our sponsors and other programs signed off in the house that we bought in Sacramento. My real estate picker is broken. I, was, I buy the house in Sacramento and it doesn't go up in value. Anyway, I want to just end on, this is a great little book called As Bill Sees It. And this is what Bill says about the language of the heart. This is on page 195, and it says, Why at this particular point in history has God chosen to communicate his healing grace to so many of us? Every aspect of this global unfoldment can be related to a single crucial word. The word is communication. There has been a life-saving communication among us, with the world around us and with God. From the beginning, communication A has been no ordinary transmission of helpful ideas and attitudes. Because of our kinship and suffering, and because our common means of deliverance, are effective for ourselves only when constantly carried to others, our channels of contact has always been charged with the language of the heart. My name is Larry. I'm a compulsive eater. Thank you for allowing me to give service. The meeting, the meeting is now open for three-minute pitches, and you need to come up and sign this release form before you speak that's on the podium. We ask that you limit your share to three minutes and confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today. This session will end at 345. Hi, my name is Layla, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Um, no, I just, um, I just had the experience of um, doing the fifth step with my sponsor, and um, so I have. Um, I have such gratitude for for what a loving and um, receptive and kind sponsor and wise sponsor can do for a person. I, I've also had wonderful experiences with sponsees and um, I I am back in the program this year, early this year. I came back after being away for a while. And, uh, um, and now I can say I'm really grateful for the, 
the weight gain that I had and was able to release most of in by being back. I'm grateful for the depression and the anxiety that helped m- make it really clear to me that I I needed the support of the whole program, and um, I'm just I feel so lucky to be part of this. I. I you know, it was uh, kind of awesome to be able to be a, to write a note to Roseanne uh, because uh, I remember when I discovered that I was an addict, and I had no idea that there was there was something like AA for overeaters. I thought I had just had a revelation that nobody had ever had that you could have an addiction to food, and uh, um, to discover that that uh, this brilliant 12-step program is available for overeaters and to, to have uh, been given the gifts of this program, I feel really lucky. Thank you. Maya, compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. The the silence is is hard for me. <laughs> so I, I thought, well, I'm just going to come up here and share about uh, my experience with sponsorship. And um, I'm one of those people that um, was in an area where there weren't a lot of people putting their hands up that they were available to sponsor. And when I really came in, you know, ready, ready on my knees to, to do whatever it took to not compulsively overeat again over and over and over, um, I just uh, asked the person that did my newcomers meeting with me. Um, I was so desperate, and I just called her the, the same day, and I said, what do I do? How do I start? Can you help me? And when you come into this program and you ask somebody with all sincerity in your heart, can you help me, you're going to get helped. That's how we are. That's, that's how this program works. So um, she said, well, I, I'll tell you, what, you know, how to get started. And then I just kind of kept calling her. And at one point she said, you know, um, I'm really full with my sponsees. And um, you're going to need to look for... Um, a, a regular sponsor. I can I can temporarily help you because I can hear that you're willing and you need to, you know, you want this. And so I did that. I went out and because I was willing to do what she suggested, I went out and asked a few people and I even talked with somebody and it just, it wasn't a good fit. It did not feel like the fit that I really needed. So I kept calling this woman. <laughs> and finally at one point I said, is there any writing you could suggest for me on the steps? <laughs> And she said, well, I could send you, I could email you some questions. So she did that. And I just, I, for a time there, I was actually calling her up and leaving my writing on her voicemail, which worked for her. But you know what? It was that I was willing to do whatever. And at one point down the road, she said, I have an opening. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take you on and, and work with you because you're willing and 
you know, you've given me so much from just being willing and being teachable and taking the suggestions. So this is what I look for now as I'm kind of going on with my sponsees as well, is that, you know, are you willing to go to any lengths? Are you willing to take suggestions and follow them? Are you willing to really know that the truth is, is that you can't do this on your own? You know, and are you willing to listen to what I did and and try and formulate a way. So um, I, I have two sponsees right now, and I'm so grateful I learned so much from them. They both have very different food plans than mine, but I, you know, as I heard from our wonderful speakers, it's not really about telling anybody how to do anything. It's about being there and being available and being a guide for the steps. So just really grateful for this tool, and um, it's, it's kind of... Um, been a core for me to just latch on to somebody and uh, and wait until they were able to sponsor me. I'm very happy about that. So thanks for letting me share. This is all the time we have for sharing. It is now time to close this session. Let's thank our speakers and all have done service for the session. If you enjoyed this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the tapes table to order copies of this session and any other sessions. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD or as an electronic download. Please join hands as we close with the OA promise, I put my, hands in your, my hand in yours, that you'll find on page 8 of your program. I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now, reaching out our hands for a power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Keep coming back in Earth.